Many people wonder about the two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelation. Who are they? When will they be here? And what will they do? Do you know that both God and Satan will have two witnesses in the end time? Well, I'm going to teach a Bible study on the two witnesses on this edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Revelation chapter 11 records events that will transpire during the final three and one half years before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 11 verse 1 through 2 describes the temple mount as it will be 42 months prior or three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it states this. John said, And there was given unto me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave it out. Don't measure it, John. For it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So John was told here to measure the temple and, and those that worship therein. Well, what, what does that tell us? Well, this lets us know that the temple will be rebuilt before the beginning of the great tribulation. There is no temple on the temple mount today. And yet we are approaching the time of the great tribulation before too much longer. This prophecy specifically says the Jews will be, uh, will build a temple on the temple mount in just the very near future. And they have not had a temple, you understand, in, on the temple mount for almost 2,000 years now. And yet many of the Jews are wanting to build a temple right now. Permission to build a temple will be a um, part of an upcoming peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that will allow Jews to have control over part of the Temple Mount without destroying the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. So do you notice here that John was told to measure the temple and those that worship therein but not to measure the outer court. This is because the outer court of the temple will be trodden down of the Gentiles. It's going to be under Gentile control during that final three and a half years or that 42-month period prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. A, a Middle East peace agreement is currently being discussed by uh, the international community, the United States, the Israelis, the Palestinians, the Arab world, Europe, many others. 
world leaders have wrestled with how to solve the dispute over this 35 acres known as the Temple Mount. There's not a price you could put on that in the world right now for the Jews. Well, the Muslims claim that they should have control of the Temple Mount. And yet the Jews, obviously because of history, the Bible, they declare that it's that's where the first temple stood and that's where the second temple stood. And they want to build their third temple there because this is the place where God said that he would put his name forever, 40 times at least in the Old Testament. And it is the holiest place on earth to the Jewish people. And of course, they are insisting that they must have a presence on the Temple Mount and that they will have a presence under the coming sharing arrangement. Scripture tells us that. Revelation 11, 1, 2, again, explains the Temple Mount will be shared during the final three and one half years. But something that people don't understand, while God has his two witnesses that are coming on the scene in the near future, Satan will also have his two witnesses. I mean, Satan has always tried to um, kind of be a, a, a copycat of God, right? Well, the Bible teaches in many places, and we will study it greater in detail in other lessons, that Satan will have two agents on the earth during this same period of time that God's two witnesses are here. He's going to have a political leader, which is commonly known in the prophecy world, scriptural world, as the Antichrist. And there's also going to be a religious leader that will be the leader of the world religious system. He's referred to in the Bible, Revelation 19.20, as the false prophet. These are Satan's two witnesses, and they will be tremendously powerful. They will control the media. I mean, consider what's going on in the world today. These two individuals will control the media. They'll control the money. They'll control the governments and the religions of the world. And Satan will have his two witnesses. But good news for you and me. God will also have his two witnesses in the end time. The Antichrist is going to be revealed right at the halfway point of that final seven-year period. Uh, Prophecy teachers would commonly refer to that as Daniel's 70th week or a final seven-year period. Well, the Antichrist is revealed halfway through that at the three-and-a-half-year mark. And the revealing of the Antichrist is described by Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. It says, let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What day is that? By the coming of our Lord and our gathering together unto him. That day will not occur except there come a falling away first, which we know is the dark ages. That's already occurred. And that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. It's telling us right here about the revealing of the Antichrist. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sits in that rebuilt Jewish temple, the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. 
So the Antichrist will be, will be revealed three and one half years in. And we know that the Apostle Paul was not talking about the second temple because the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. John wrote the book of Revelation in about 95, 96 AD after the destruction of the second temple. So he was prophesying about a future temple that would be rebuilt that the leader of the world government at the time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ would stand in and claim to be God. It's the event called the abomination of desolation, and that's when the Antichrist will be revealed. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Now, at the same time that Satan reveals his two agents to the world, because when the Antichrist is revealed, that's also when we will know who the false prophet is, the leader of the world religious system. So it's at this same time when Satan reveals his two agents to the world, that's when God will reveal his two agents to the world. Revelation 11, 3 through 4, describes God's two witnesses. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. So during the 40, the final 42 months, 
there will be a tremendous clash between the agents of Satan and the agents of God. Between light and darkness and between good and evil. It's all going to come down to this. This battle will continue throughout the great tribulation period. These two witnesses will not control the media, nor the money, nor the politics, nor even the religions of the world. They will not be caught up in the interfaith movement and the world religious system. But good news, they will have the power of God and will have power like no two prophets have had in the last 2,000 years. This will be God's master plan for the end time. He will send these two witnesses to prophesy. You say, well, what, what are they going to be preaching? Well, I can tell you what they'll be preaching. They will preach the same message that every preacher that has ever been sent from God to preach. That a true preacher that preaches, preaches the true gospel, they will teach the message of the gospel of the soon coming kingdom of God. They will teach this message during the final three and one half years, just before God's kingdom is established on the earth. And they will evangelize with, with great fervor, great conviction, and with great power. And they will also oppose the Antichrist and the false prophet. Aligning yourself with the Antichrist and the false prophet will mean to be eternally lost. God's two witnesses will be here to tell the world not to follow the Antichrist or the false prophet. They will use the prophecies of the Bible to expose the Antichrist and the false prophet for who they really are. And they will demonstrate to the world that these two agents of Satan are fulfilling the prophecies, the ominous prophecies foretold in the Bible. And that if you want to be saved, you cannot pledge allegiance to either one of these two individuals. The two witnesses will fully understand the prophecies and they will be explaining them to the world. That's why it's very important that we understand the prophecies. Daniel 11 says that they that do know their God during the time of the Antichrist, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. These two witnesses will also reveal to the world that the Bible prophesies a one world government and a one world religion. And these two prophets from God will know what the Antichrist and the false prophet plan to do before they do it. They're going to understand Satan's master plan given in Revelation 13. The world government, the world religion, and the economic sanctioning system of individuals, the mark of the beast. Because it's all recorded in scripture. Revelation 13 lays the entire plan out perfectly. God revealed Satan's master plan in the Bible. 
And these two witnesses will thwart the plans of the Antichrist by teaching the people of the world not to follow the Antichrist. And as a result, the Antichrist will become very uh, irritated and frustrated by these two preachers. They're, the Antichrist is going to, to demand that everyone pledge allegiance to him and to worship him and bow down to his edicts. And these two ministers, along with the church of God, will keep people from doing that. So he's going to become very irate with the church. And these individuals will undoubtedly have a worldwide ministry and will employ television. We're going to plan on having them on our television program, End of the Age. They're going to use the internet, radio, and and other means to spread their message. Now, folks, these individuals are coming. Revelation chapter 11 spells it out very clearly. We're not wondering, well, I wonder if there will be two witnesses someday. Oh, no, they're coming. Just like all the other prophecies have come to pass, these two witnesses are coming on the scene before very long, and they will be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist. The Antichrist will not rule every person on the earth. He will rule the majority of the earth's population, but there will be people that stand against him and the forces of evil in the end time. And I can tell you, I plan on being one of those individuals. God will grant extraordinary power to these two witnesses. The Bible calls them prophets. A description is provided in uh, Revelation eleven five through 6. It says, And if any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devour their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut up heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. And they and smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. This is going to be a very dramatic, isn't it? I mean, these plagues which will smite the earth, that's referring to uh, the vials which will be poured out preceding and during the time of the battle of Armageddon. Now, then the question I've, I've got a lot here at the ministry, who are these two witnesses? Because, hey, they're, it's, they're probably, we believe they're on the earth right now. So many people want to know, well, who's the, who are these guys? What's the identity of these two witnesses? Well, some people have thought that they might be Moses and Elijah. Others have thought perhaps that they could be Enoch and Elijah. And the logic behind that belief is that Enoch never died, but was translated back in the Old Testament. And that Elijah never died, but was caught up to heaven in a whirlwind. Remember, Elisha stood there and watched him go. His mantle come back down and the mantle rested upon Elisha. You remember the story in the Old Testament? So some people have said, well, hey, they never died. Enoch and Elijah. So it's got to be them as the two witnesses. In, um, let's see, Hebrews 9, 27. It says, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So some people believe since these two prophets never died, 
that they must return and be killed by the Antichrist. However, there is a flaw in that logic. There is no precedent for anyone returning to earth as a mortal after two or three thousand years to preach. There's no precedent for that in the Bible or in history. The two witnesses have to be mortals because the scripture says that they will die. And they will not be Moses nor Elijah. And and furthermore, when the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, it's simply making a statement of the normal pattern of life. At uh, At the time of the rapture, all people on earth who are rapture ready, they're not going to die. They will be changed instantaneously from mortals to immortal beings. The Bible says it will happen in the twinkling of an eye. And they're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. So after after these mortals have become immortal, is it necessary for them to come back later to die to fulfill the scripture, what says it's appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. Well, of course, the answer is no. This is not a legitimate proof as to the identity of the two witnesses. So the truth of the matter is that these two men are mortal human beings presently alive on the earth right now. You say, well, how do you know that, Dave, come on, you know, how do you know that they're alive on the earth right now? Because all of the prophecies given for the end time are presently converging as we speak. There are, there is a huge timeline that's given from the Old Testament prophets, Zechariah, Ezekiel, uh, Daniel, many others, Isaiah, that God has given us a huge timeline to follow from them, a timeline of events all the way back from these prophets 2,500 years ago, all the way to Revelation 22. There's a timeline of events to follow through all of that. There are, in, in, in Scripture, the Bible's about 30% of, of the Bible is Bible prophecy. There's about a hundred or so prophecies about the first coming of Jesus Christ. There's about a thousand prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. Do you know that all 100 of the messianic prophecies were fulfilled by Jesus? Those are already taken care of. And then a big majority of the prophecies concerning the second coming have already taken place. And there are only a few prophecies left before the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. And we're watching they have that prophecies have either already taken place, they're in the process of taking place, or we're watching precursors to every single one of them, everybody. And so when we say that the two witnesses have to be alive on the earth right now, it's because these things are that they are being prepared by God for them to minister as he has ordained for them. 
They've got a purpose in the end time as God is preparing them right now. They're certainly alive on the earth with the way all the prophecies are happening so quickly now. And their powers will be very much like the powers of Moses and Elijah. They will have the spirit and power of Moses and Elijah, just like John the Baptist did. But the Bible says John came in the spirit of Elijah. But the two witnesses will not literally be Moses and Elijah. Isn't this going to be an exciting time uh, coming up in the very near future? I'm going to plan on working right with the two witnesses to be preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. That's my mission in this life. And I'm going to have them speak at our Jerusalem Prophecy College and just everywhere I can put out their message, I'm going to work with them as closely as I can because their belief system is my belief system. And because my goal is to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. That's going to be their goal as well. So with that said, we've got to talk about the world's greatest revival because the two witnesses will be very involved in this great end time revival. You know, many times we read the book of Revelation, especially the, the period of the great tribulation, and we view it as a, uh, many people would teach it as a time of doom and gloom and, you know. However, we, we need a balanced view of this. Because not only will this be the, the heyday of Satan and his Antichrist and, and the false prophet, but it will be also a time of the greatest revival the world has ever known. Well, I'm myself as a revivalist, I'm all in on that. I mean, do I look forward to some of the things that will happen? Well, of course not. No human being is looking forward to some of that stuff. But on the other hand, if during that time we can have the world's greatest revival, hey, count me in. A a, a question that comes up though, will, will the two witnesses simply be preaching to take vengeance on the Antichrist and the false prophet? I mean, are they merely going to be placed here to stick their thumb in the eye of the Antichrist and irritate him? Well, no, of course not. They are coming to preach, which means they are coming to convert and win people to the kingdom of God. And they will be incredibly successful. Now, I should say the two witnesses along with the church. We're going to be marching straight forward, having revival all during this time. And I'm going to prove to you that to you here in just a moment. And, uh, well, I guess I should say possibly on the next segment now. But won't it be awesome to see the great revival that's coming? Anybody who is a Christian should be a revivalist, wanting to expand the kingdom of God in the earth. And this is how we're going to do it, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, 
you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. We're continuing our segment on the two witnesses. Who are they? Uh, When will they be here? What are they going to do? A lot of people want to know because in just the very near future, these two witnesses will be revealed and a lot of people want to know about them. We get questions all the time here on End of the Age. So, We're talking about the greatest revival the world has ever known and that the two witnesses will be greatly involved in this last end time great revival. I mean, they're converts. They're recorded in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And this is the revival chapter in the book of Revelation. Revelation 7, 9. In in Revelation 7, verse... um, 1 through 8, in the beginning verses there, it talks about the remnant of Jews that will be saved, the 144,000. And then it talks about the converts, and this is going to be one great big revival. And in Revelation John 7, 9, he turns and he says, well, hey, I saw the 144,000, but after this, I looked and beheld, and lo, a great multitude that no man could number, of all nations, all kindreds, all people, and tongues. Not just the Jews, but of out of every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And then the next passage reveals their identity. The Bible says, and one of the elders answered and said unto John, hey, John, what are these individuals? I mean, they're arrayed in white robes. What are they? And where'd they come from? And John said unto him, "Uh, sir, in other words, I don't know. In In essence, he said, I don't know. Thou knowest. And the elders said back to John, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's Revelation seven thirteen through 14. 
So we know the great tribulation is that final three and one half year period immediately before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I I understand uh, many people have taught the great tribulation lasts for seven years. And there is a final seven year period coming. Daniel's 70th week. And again, we talked earlier about the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement that starts that final seven years. But it may be shocking for you to realize that there is not one scripture in the Bible that teaches a seven-year tribulation period. The Bible teaches a a three-and-one-half-year period. There are um, six specific scriptures that teach a three-and-one-half-year tribulation period. The the timeline, uh, the time, the duration of it is, in some places it says time times and half a times, which is three-and-a-half years, 1,260 days, which is three-and-a-half years, and then uh, 42 months, which is three-and-one-half years. So every time it's talking about the Great Tribulation, it talks about it being a three-and-one-half-year period. So the Great Tribulation begins at the midpoint of that final seven-year period that was prophesied by Daniel, uh, Daniel 9.27. Jesus prophesied this same thing in Matthew 24, verse 15 and 16, and then in 21. Jesus said, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Remember, that's when the Antichrist stands in in the uh, temple claiming to be God. Jesus said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in Daniel 9, 27, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. A lot of people say, well, we can't understand the prophecies of the Bible. No, no, that's not what Jesus said. Whoso readeth, let him understand. And then let them, when you see that event happen, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And in verse 21, he said, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world, no, nor ever to this time. The Bible says, yes, you will have trials and tribulation. But Jesus said, this is going to be the greatest time of persecution the world has ever seen or ever will see again. And it's going to be during that final three and one half years. Now, there are many other passages which explain explicitly the great tribulation will be a three and one half year period. This is going to be when the Antichrist and the false prophet, and God's two witnesses are revealed right here at that three and one half year mark. So let's look at the great revival in Revelation 7. Again, there is a great multitude that no man can number out of every nation, tongue, kindred, and people. And the scripture says that these are they which came out of great tribulation, Revelation seven fourteen. So the great revival will happen during the ministry of the two witnesses who who preach during the Great Tribulation. So while the Antichrist and the false prophet are trying to rule the world, God is going to have a great revival. God won't have just these two special ministers. I mean, he's still going to have preachers all over the world, missionaries. I mean, the, the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They're going to be working all throughout the world. However, the two witnesses will be specially used by God 
to ignite this great end time revival. This is specifically referred to in Revelation 7. Now, the two witnesses are going to be killed. That's just the Bible. And we got to teach it. You know, that's the thing. I mean, how will this all end? That's the question, right? Well, Revelation chapter 11, verse 7 through 8 tells us, And when they shall have finished their testimony, the two witnesses, the beast or the Antichrist that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them, and he is going to kill them. You say, well, that's not possible. God had his hands upon them. Well, 11 of the first 12 apostles were martyred as well. And God's anointing was on each of them, right? So just because God's anointing is on you does not mean that you will specifically escape some persecution in the future. It doesn't mean that God's forsaken you or left you or doesn't love you. Because if that's the case, 11 of the first 12 apostles would not have been martyred. Or the millions of Christians that have been killed from that time till now. I know we like to put that out of our mind and not think of it, but that's simply the facts, folks. That's history. That's happened. And so these two individuals, they're going to be killed as well. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, which also our, uh, our Lord was crucified in. So, can, can you believe God will allow the two witnesses whom he specifically sent to be killed? However, this will not happen until their ministries are finished. The Antichrist will kill these two witnesses. He's going to, he's going to hate them so much that he will not allow them to have the dignity of even a decent burial. I mean... Uh, verse 8 says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the streets of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. You say, well, where's that? Well, it's, it's what city is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt. The next phrase explains, Where also our Lord was crucified. He's referring to the city of Jerusalem. That's where they're going to be killed. The place that should be the holiest place in the world is full of sin and iniquity today. And he said it's like Sodom and Egypt. So the two witnesses will not be killed until it is time and they finish their job and ministry. The Antichrist is going to kill these two prophets, which he will have wanted to do all along. However, events are going to converge and God will lift his hand of protection from them. And the Antichrist will then kill them. In order to desecrate their bodies, he's not even going to allow them to be buried. He's going to leave them lying in the streets to rot. And it's very important to understand that this will happen in Jerusalem. The two bodies of the prophets will be on display for three and a half days. Revelation 11, 9 through 10 says, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three and a half days laying in the streets and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. These two prophets are going to say, you need to be born again or you're not going to make it to heaven. And people that are not sincere, they don't like that message. So when they're killed, 
the people of many people in the earth will make merry and mock them and laugh at them and be glad that they've been killed. The two witnesses lying dead in the street will be on television and on broadcast all over the world. I mean, imagine, talk about something going viral. And we need to really look at this picture for a moment. What's happening here? I mean, the majority of the people in the world, they're going to be so evil and so sinful and politically correct. They will hate these two witnesses who do not fall in line with the Antichrist and his new world order and the world religious system. These two witnesses will have nothing to do with the end time interfaith world religious system. You know, we've recently seen uh, riots against anyone who will speak in a way not considered politically correct and part of the mainstream, right? Well, the Antichrist will demand the only way to have peace on this earth is for everyone to believe like he believes and to act like he tells them to act. Um, And the Bible says most of the world will follow after him. However... The two witnesses will be diametrically opposed to the Antichrist. I'm going to be on their side. And they will be considered enemies number one and number two. The Bible says that they will be killed in Jerusalem. It's, it's most likely going to happen during the Battle of Armageddon when half of the city of Jerusalem falls to the Antichrist. It's all going to happen right there at the same time. And it's important to understand the battle of Armageddon will then already be in progress. I mean, remember the verse in Revelation chapter 16, where it's, I think it's verse 15, where the Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. That's after the six, the first six vials of the wrath of God occurs, you understand. So the battle of Armageddon will be engaged. And then, and during that time, the two witnesses will be in Jerusalem and they will be killed somewhere around that time. Now, the Antichrist and his world government, the forces are going to push Israel. It's going to start in the plain of Megiddo. They're going to push Israel back down the Jordan Valley into the gates of Jerusalem, right there in the Kidron Valley. Zechariah 14, 2 says, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So folks, that's where it's all going to culminate, right there in the Kidron Valley between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives on the east. That's where the Bible says the blood's going to flow to the horse bridle. That's the culmination of it all. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013... 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So the, the Bible is very specific on how all this is going to play out. I mean, half of Jerusalem will go forth into captivity. How does the Antichrist capture the two witnesses in Jerusalem? Well, it could possibly happen when the world government armies take control and capture half of Jerusalem, including the Temple Mount area. And this could well occur while they are preaching on the Temple Mount. And when the armies overtake it, the Antichrist will issue the order to kill them. And when they are killed, the news will spread around the world. The two witnesses who caused our water to be turned off and brought plagues upon us are now dead. And now we can fully implement our new world order. These two witnesses will have been a thorn in the side of the Antichrist and his new world order system. The Bible says the world will rejoice because these two preachers are dead. However, it's not over till it's over, right folks? I mean, the next passage describes what's going to happen next. It says, after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God will enter into them. The two witnesses... And they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice from the heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. That's Revelation 11, 11 through 12. So we have to, I mean, imagine how will this, how's this going to happen? I mean, these two preachers, the two prophets of God, they're going to be lying in the streets. The people who understood the scriptures are going to know that they are going to raise from the dead, right? And when the Antichrist does not allow them to be buried, this will fulfill the prophecy that we all have access to right now. Revelation chapter 11. And the news is going to be broadcast around the world like wildfire that the two witnesses will raise from the dead in three and one half days. This news is going to reach the ears of the media and they're, and they're going to make fun. Uh, about what the Christians are saying. Yeah, they're going to be raised from the dead in three and a half days. Sure. And they're going to laugh and they're going to ridicule about these, these crazy Christians who believe that these guys are going to actually be raised from the dead. I mean, I can imagine the last day, uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, uh, and these other major news outlets. They're going to be present to cover the, the moment that these guys are supposedly supposed to raise from the dead. It's going to be all over YouTube and Facebook. Most of them will be there mainly to ridicule because these crazy Christians believe this is actually going to happen. They believe that the Bible, what the Bible says is actually true, right? Well, I can just imagine the reporters checking in every hour on the hour on, on the two witnesses who are just as dead as they can be lying there cold on the pavement. They've been there for three days plus now and about a half an hour. Before noon, 
when the time is almost up, I can imagine the networks moving their cameras around and the news commentators are going to be jostling back and forth, ridiculing, making fun. And about five minutes before the time, they're going to report, well, folks, it doesn't appear like these guys are going to raise from the dead, does it? The Christians didn't know what they were talking about. They believe that they're actually going to raise from the dead, but it sure doesn't look like they're going to raise from the dead, does it? And they're as dead as ever. I mean, look, it's looking pretty bad. And then it's three minutes till the time. And then two minutes. And then one minute. And somebody's going to say, well, ladies and gentlemen, just like we said, nothing's going to happen. We've got one minute left. Let's just wait it out and see what's, see what's going to transpire here. And finally, the clock ticks on the time of three and one half days. Oh, ha, ha. yes, just like we said, nothing's going to happen. And on the other side, another commentator says, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. That one guy just blinked. Oh, look, the other one is raising his head off the pavement. Suddenly, they're standing up. And I can hear the commentators around the world screaming, Oh my God, folks, Why do we, we don't know what's going on here. This is scaring us to death. These dead, two dead ministers are getting up. They've been dead for three and one half days. But now they've risen. So what does that bring us to, folks, in Revelation chapter 11? The first resurrection... And the rapture. At this time, the two witnesses' feet leave the ground and rise into the air. They will have been killed three and one half days before the rapture during the battle of Armageddon. Their enemies will then watch them ascend into heaven. And this is what is known as the first resurrection, the rapture. It's it's so important to understand the first resurrection happens at the end of the great tribulation. Revelation 24 through 6. It describes the first resurrection when it, and when it happens. It says, uh, John said, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had they received a mark in their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead, they lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is all happening here at the second coming, right? At the, at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says this is the first resurrection. When does the first resurrection happen? After the tribulation period. But blessed and holy is he that hath part on the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, when these people in Revelation 20, who had not taken the mark of the beast, not worshipped his image, they're resurrected. The Bible plainly says that this is the first resurrection. This means, so it's got to mean that the two witnesses ascend at the same time. Since the first resurrection happens after the great tribulation and the reign of the Antichrist, there could not have been another resurrection before this, right? 
Now, some people believe there's going to be a resurrection seven years before this or three and one half years before this. And, and I understand all those viewpoints. But the scriptures explicitly say the first resurrection happens at the end of the great tribulation. And the rapture occurs at the same time. Revelation 11, 13 and 14. It reveals what happens next. And the same hour. Now we're talking about when the two witnesses go up. The Bible says, in the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain men 7,000. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to God of heaven. And the second woe was passed. And behold, the third woe comes quickly. So the great earthquake. The great earthquake happens during the same hour the two witnesses ascend. When Jesus comes back to the earth, he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is going to split into two. Half's going to go toward the north, half towards the south. And the two witnesses and all who were born again, ready to meet Jesus when he comes, they will rise to meet him in the air. And then he's going to descend, they're going to, des- we will descend with him onto the Mount of Olives. This earthquake will affect the entirety of Jerusalem and, and 7,000 people in Jerusalem are going to die. The Bible says a tenth part of Jerusalem fell and 7,000 were killed. And this, obviously this event's going to change everything. I mean, when people watch the two witnesses rise from the dead after the media has been making fun and yet they watch them ascend into heaven, they will know the Antichrist and the false prophet has been deceiving them all along because they didn't go. And the Bible says, then men were afraid and gave glory to God. They cried out to God at that point. And the second woe is passed. Now, before we move to the third woe, I, I want to make sure we understand about the coming of Jesus to the Mount of Olives. Speaking of Jesus Christ, Zechariah 14, 4 says, and his feet shall stand in that day on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave to the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall move towards the north and to the south. So after half of the Jerusalem falls, Zechariah 14.3 says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, against the Antichrist and the world government system. And then the, the Bible says the third woe, which is the seventh trumpet, it occurs. Revelation eleven fifteen. And the seventh angel sounded, and then there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Now, this is going to be the end of human government on the earth. If you don't like world government or any kind of human government now, just hold on, because God's going to do away with it. And it's going to be the beginning of the reign of Jesus Christ on the earth for that 1,000-year millennial reign. The Bible says the mystery of God or the plan of God should be finished. This will be the culmination from the very beginning. God planned to have a special people who would ultimately be his bride that would obey him and be born again. The Bible says, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. That's Revelation 21.9. John said he showed me the new Jerusalem, the church. So we're now living in the church age. I mean, if we want to enter the kingdom of God, we've got to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, 
that we must be born again. We must get in the church of Jesus Christ. The two witnesses will be in the church of Jesus Christ. And so, because these events will culminate just not before very long now, when the last trumpet sounds. And when that trumpet sounds, the two witnesses go up, and all who are prepared for the second coming will go up to meet them, the ones that are born again. And we will meet Jesus in the air and then come down to the Mount of Olives with him. At that time, the Bible says he gathers them together, right? At that time, we will crown Jesus Christ King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I said, hey, you got to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 that except a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of God. You say, well, how can I participate in this? Well, that's the message of Jesus Christ when he was here on the earth. He taught the gospel of the, he, he taught the, uh, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then the disciples, when they went out to preach, Jesus sent them to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. The apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, he said, I deliver unto you the gospel, the same gospel that was delivered unto me by which you are saved. And it's the born again plan of salvation that Jesus Christ purchased on Calvary. That's how you get to be part of this rapture that's going to take place before very long. This is what the two witnesses will be preaching, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And this is what End Time Ministries preaches, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the exact same message. So, for a free brochure, you say, well, well, I don't know. What do you mean born again? How, how can I enter into this? For a free brochure, what do you mean born again? Call 1-800-363-8463. That's 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit www.endtime.com. Go all the way to the bottom and click on the what do you mean born again question. And it's right there. And it will show you in great detail how you can be a part of the soon coming kingdom of God. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? I mean, if you don't ever understand one of the prophecies, as long as you've made yourself ready to go. Now, understand the prophecies helps, believe me. But as long as when that trumpet sounds, your feet leave the ground, you will have been a smashing success in this life. And that's the goal of every Christian. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.